0: The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. All right, amen. You guys can go ahead and be seated. And I promise we will get back to the feast that is worship in just a moment. but. What I want to do here, especially since it's been a minute since we've we've done this kind of thing, we were getting into the habit of having these um, once-every-other-month worship nights. Uh, it was just a, a, a year ago, um, right prior to the whole COVID thing, um, and it just kind of threw a wrinkle in all of our plans, but it's good to be back, isn't it? Amen? <laughs> our first worship night of 2021, and we will be continuing to... To hold these events um, the first Wednesday of every other month, so the plan is to have six of them throughout the year, and um, the the theme that we wanted to wrap these worship nights around is this this theme of first love and You know how it is when God starts to speak to you, and he says it once, and he gets your attention, and then he says it again, and again, and again, and before long, he takes a two-by-four, and he just starts beating you over the head with a verse, or a truth, or a theme. That's kind of how it's been with this verse in my life, and this theme of returning to our first love. And I truly, as I sought the Lord, and, and prayed, and talked with Sean about this, we really feel like, with all of our hearts, that God is calling his bride, the church, back to her first love. And so I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about that with you before we get back into worship, because I really feel like it will help stimulate our affections and wet our appetites for more of Jesus. And so this idea of first love, now that's a familiar phrase and picture and imagery. They say you never forget your first love. I know that's certainly the case for me. I was uh, in Mr. Mills' Geometry class at Rancho Bernardo High School. And I saw this girl from across the room and uh, caught her eye and kind of sheepishly smiled at her. And to my shock, she actually smiled back. And in that moment, as the fluorescent lighting of the classroom kind of cascaded down upon her and she flipped her hair and the light twinkled on the metal in her mouth, she had braces. I was smitten. I was done. It was love at first sight. I was too shy to do anything about it. And so I waited till the last day of the semester and I walked up to her and I asked for her number and she gave me her number unbelievably. And the rest, I guess, is history because now we have four kids and we're going on 19 years of marriage. So that was a long time ago. But the point is that that first love is is fun. It's innocent. It's sweet. It's pure and it's memorable. But if you're not careful, first love can fade, right? Because love is one of those things that has to continuously be tended to and cared for. And it's something that you have to stimulate. When a couple fails to continually feed the flame of love, it's not long before the fire starts to fade. I mean, I can't tell you how many couples I've sat across from in my office. and. And one of them will say to me, I just I don't have the the love in my heart for this person anymore, or the spark is gone, or I just I feel dead inside. Now, that kind of thing doesn't happen overnight, right? What happens is slowly, over time, the husband and wife stop prioritizing one another. And whenever that happens, other things start to creep in, and the love grows cold. Well, you know as well as I do that that's not just something that happens in our earthly relationships. It happens just as often in our spiritual relationship with the Lord. It's a fire that needs to be continually fed. And if we don't feed the flame of love in our hearts for the Lord, then if we're not careful, it's something that can cause drift in our life. So how do we avoid? spiritual drift, and how do we keep the flame of our hearts lit? And, and, and just as a case study, I want us to consider for just a moment or two this man named David, because I think David gives us an excellent picture of someone who wholly followed after the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. In fact, there are a number of places in Scripture that talk about how David followed God with all of his heart. He's even known throughout the scriptures as a man after God's own heart. Now, if you know David's story, you know that that doesn't mean that he was perfect or that he was sinless or that he never had struggles or issues. Because if you've read your Bibles, then you know full well that this guy had a whole slew of issues. He was constantly falling. But the thing that made David a man after God's own heart was this thing inside him that compelled him To follow towards the Lord and close the gap between him and the Lord. It's like he was after God's heart. He was like chasing the Lord down. He didn't want there to be anything between him and the Lord. And when he fell, he got back up quickly and dusted himself off and began to follow the Lord quickly once again. In Psalm 27, we're given another glimpse into the deepest desires of David's heart. It's a psalm that he pended. And here's what he said in that psalm. He said, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So this is David. This gives us a window, a sneak peek, a glimpse into the heart of this man who God says, ah, this is a man after my own heart. And here in David's own words, he's telling us, with every Every inch, every ounce, every fiber, and every nerve, I want to follow hard after God. And what a beautiful ambition, and what a wonderful desire that is, to not want there to be any space between you and God. That was David. Now, following in the footsteps of David, we see his son Solomon. Like his father before him, Solomon had a great start. Right, Just after Solomon assumes the throne, God visits him in a dream and essentially grants him a wish, anything that he wants. Can you imagine? What would you ask for if God showed up in your dream and said, what do you need? And Solomon in that moment, he, he doesn't ask for riches or fame or wealth. Instead, he just says, God, I need wisdom to lead your people as my father David did. And God was so impressed by Solomon's request. that They said, not only am I going to give you the wisdom that you asked for, but in addition to that, I'm going to give you all the other stuff that you didn't ask for. And so Solomon becomes wise and he becomes rich and he becomes famous. And on top of all that, God says, I'm going to use you to build a house for me. And Solomon gets tasked with this incredible opportunity to build a temple to house the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of God. It was something that David, his father, had wanted to do. But God said, no, you're you're a man with blood on his hands. So I'm going to give that honor to your son. And so Solomon spends seven years building this temple and at the completion of it he gathers all the people together and listen to what he told them he said let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the lord our god to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments at this day solomon's words to the people were follow the lord with all of your heart guys actually what he was saying was a mere echo of what his own dad david had said to him Just prior to giving him the throne, David grabbed Solomon, and and just before he handed him the keys to the kingdom, he said, Solomon, serve the Lord with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. Again, this theme, give God all of your heart. Give him everything that you have. Don't hold back in any area of your life. So Solomon starts out, he's on the right track, he has the right message, he has the right legacy, it's all there for him. Yet sadly, when you fast forward to the end of his life, Solomon failed to heed the advice that he had given to the nation, and his heart drifted from the Lord. And in a sad, sad commentary, one of the sadder commentaries on a life in scripture, we read this about Solomon in 1 Kings 11, it tells us, Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord has said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them, neither shall they associate with you. Listen, for they will, listen, they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love and he had 700 wives, sheesh. Princesses and three hundred concubines. And listen, his wives turned his heart away. For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his father David had been. How sad. A guy with every conceivable advantage, a great legacy, a great dad, a great beginning, and a great message. He even experienced not one, but two personal visitations from God himself. But when he was old, his heart turned away from wholly following after the Lord. And notice, it doesn't say that he wholly disassociated himself from the Lord. It just tells us that he wasn't wholly following after the Lord anymore. He allowed a gap to occur. And then little by little, subtly, over time, he drifted. Thus, we see these two men, two stories, and two very different outcomes. One serves the Lord for his whole life with wholehearted devotion. And the other starts out strong, but in the end, drifts away. And, And that leads us to this point, this critical moment. What about you? Which story resonates with your current state, the current state of your heart, your mind, your affections tonight? Are you fully alive? Are you fully engaged? Are you all in? Are you on fire and in love with Jesus tonight? Are you with David? If so, praise the Lord. Then fan that flame and let it spread to others. And some of you are there. and Praise God for you. We need your passion. But perhaps there are others in here who would say, it used to be that way. I used to be so close with the Lord, but, but space has come between us. Something happened. I've drifted. Maybe God's word is no longer as important to you as it once was. Maybe it's become stale and dry. You're not even sure when or how or why it happened, but like a gentle current that just pulls us along in the ocean, you've drifted away from the Lord, and now there's a gap. What should you do? The solution is thank God, is as simple as it is powerful. If there's a gap between you and Jesus tonight, it's time to return to your first love. You just come back. You say, but how? I I feel like I've walked so far away from him, I don't even know how to get back to where I started. And, And it really is as simple as turning around. You've been walking away from the Lord. If you'll just turn towards him, you'll find him running towards you like that famous story of the father and the prodigal son in Luke 15. Jesus wrote this letter to a church in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. It was a church like Solomon and David that had strong groups, deep roots and a good, solid foundation. They had started out so strong. But somewhere along the line, they they just started falling into this trap of going through the motions. You've been there. You know what that's like. And they were mouthing the words, but their hearts were disengaged. And so Jesus pens this letter to them. And after commending them for the many good things that they were doing, he said this. "I, I just have one thing against you. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider from where you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. You've heard this. Remember, repent, and redo. Do again. Remember. Remember what it was like in those days of your youth when you were so excited that God had redeemed you and and, and won your heart and awakened your soul. Remember the excitement you had when you realized that you'd been plucked out of darkness and put into this family with brothers and sisters in the faith. Remember how you used to run to prayer and how you couldn't wait till the next church service or worship night, and you couldn't wait to be in the presence of the Lord and tell him about all of the things that you had done that day. Remember, that's where it begins. And then repent. And repenting is just renouncing and forsaking the things that caused the gap to occur. Because if there's space between you and Jesus tonight, it's not him who moved. And so you renounce, you forsake those things, and then you go back and you start doing again. You start feeding the fire. You start taking the wood and placing it on the, f- the flames. You start taking the fan and fanning the embers of your heart until that flame is awakened and it ignites and then it begins to consume you. And that's what these nights, and that's what this year is going to be all about for us as a church. We're asking God to to burn away the chaff, and burn away the dross, and burn away the compromise, and burn away the cancer of of worldliness in our hearts so that all that's left is a passionate pursuit of Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? And so let's all stand to our feet, and we're going to sing this song that I've asked Jimmy to sing. It's a song called First Love. Before we do that, let's just go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we give you our hearts afresh and anew. We ask you to take our lips, take the coal from off the altar like you did with Isaiah and place it on our lips because you're calling us. You're doing something in these days. We have to be ignorant fools not to get that not to see that not to sense that god is on the move he's raising up a generation of men and women and boys and girls who will hold nothing back who will go all in in their love in their obedience in their passion in their pursuit we're done playing games We're not focused on what was. We're not clinging to the things that are behind But we're pressing forward to the prize, the upward calling that you've given us in Christ Jesus. And for some of us, it starts right here. And for some of us, it starts right now, Jesus. This is our moment, the moment of renewal, the moment of regeneration, the moment of newness, of new life, of new vision, of new passion, Put steel in our spines. Remove the fear of man. We cast that aside, Jesus. We say together, we want you, and nothing else will do, and we'll stop at nothing until we have you, until we're in your presence, and we see your face, and we cast our crowns at your feet, and we join the angels and the saints from eons that have gone by and we declare holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was who is and who is to come we sing it together we say holy 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 are you lord jesus may your holiness descend in this place may it rattle us to our bones may it shake us until our souls are alive and awakened to the glory that is found only in your presence We renounce all of the lesser things. We renounce all of the trinkets and toys and the gadgets that we've allowed to consume us. When Jesus, you and you alone, are the sole centerpiece of history and humanity. We center around you. We fix our eyes on you. And we lift up our voices towards you. Let's worship our King Jesus together now in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our midweek revive service held Wednesday evenings. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.